I don't think I have to give an explanation about why we call priests father, even though the Jesus in the gospel says, call no one on earth your father. I think people know that he's not talking literally, he's talking about the, the position of all of us in, in contrast to the position of God the Father. We have one Father in heaven, so that's a different level of fatherhood than human fatherhood or the spiritual fatherhood of the priest. So I've spoken about that before, and I don't, if I were in maybe in the parish, I would try to give that explanation, but I don't think there's any confusion about that. If I'm wrong, you just ask me after Mass why, why we call priests Father. Anyway, uh, what strikes me is, is this. Now, Jesus says at the end of the Gospel, whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. And what strikes me is that our typical way of thinking about humanity, our own our own selves and also the human family in general, is that we don't think so highly about being humbled and we don't have that exalted a view of ourselves either by comparison to the vision God has for us. We have this truncated idea of what it means to be a human person. Not that bad and not that good. But God has a very harsh view of sin, and he sees sin much more severely than we do. And he also has a much higher uh, uh, goal for us. His expectation for our exaltation is much greater than we can even imagine. So it's a, the range is much wider. Perhaps this is in my mind because yesterday, we read from the prophet Daniel, and Daniel went on and on about how bad we are. You know, we break all the laws, we've been evil, you know, we haven't followed the commandments, we, we, we're just, in, before the eyes of God, we have no case. Justice is on your side. Remember that reading yesterday. So Daniel, at the beginning of the reading, just really put us down. And then, at the end of the reading, said, but you're a merciful God, you're a forgiving God, so we'll put our trust in you, not in ourselves, which, which is very consoling, because uh, that is our hope, the mercy of God. Something similar happens in today's first reading. This is taken from the beginning of the prophet Isaiah, and Isaiah puts us down. Hear the word of the Lord, princes of Sodom. Listen to the instruction of our God, people of Gomorrah. You know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. They were so wicked that they were completely wiped out. So he's not addressing Sodom and Gomorrah. They were wiped out back in the, in the, in the book of Genesis. They just, they just symbolize the extent, the, the, the extent to which we can fall into evil. And here's Isaiah saying, you're like that. You're like the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. But listen, listen up here. Here's a word of God for you. Wash yourselves clean, put away your misdeeds. And so he, Isaiah, like Daniel did yesterday, he said, yes, look at how severe, how bad your condition is, but look at the possibility of being restored. Though your sins be like scarlet, they may become white as snow. 
though they be crimson red, they may become white as wool. And he's, he's trying to set up an extreme contrast. You're this bad, you can be this good. We don't think we're that bad, we don't think we can be that good. But God keeps pushing this argument. Look at how bad sin is, and then see how good I can make you if you will let me. In fact, someday we had an extraordinary vision of this. The transfiguration of Jesus on the mountain was not just a revelation of divine glory, of divine identity, it was also a revelation of God's plan for humanity, glorified humanity. The glory of God was shining on a human face, Jesus' face. But that's what God wants for our faces too. He wants us to shine like the sun. We don't think of that, but that's what God thinks of. And that's why he keeps pushing this. He wants us to recognize the problem in its full extent, as much as we can admit of it, as much as we can own of it. We're really in a, in a, in a helpless condition because of sin. But God wants us to shine like the sun. So it, 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 in the, the whole picture is really quite extraordinary. But we have to accept the bad part. We have to, we can't live in denial of the reality of sin and its effects on us, which is what we tend to do, we tend to water it down. Now, so the right thing to do is humble ourselves, humbly admit that we are in need of everything from God. Humbly admit that we have messed it up and we can't do much better. We can, yeah, we can do a little better. We congratulate ourselves when we you know, fast for a day or when we don't lose our temper at the children or something. It's all, I'm doing better. Well, not as good as what God has in mind. We can't make ourselves shine like the sun. So this is it. The, the, the way to, to, to enter into this process that God has in mind is to humble ourselves because Jesus says whoever humbles himself will be exalted. The problem is that we do the opposite. We exalt ourselves and so we have to be humble. And this is what Jesus identifies in the example of the scribes and the Pharisees. They are given a position because they are responsible to hand down the law. They are sitting on the chair of Moses. And they're supposed to do that, and they're supposed to teach the law. But instead of joining themselves with the humbling that the law does for us, they exalt themselves. And they love it. They love being in front of everyone and getting seats of honor and greetings in marketplaces. And that is a very enjoyable thing if people think you're somebody. That's what celebrities love. But that exalting of oneself entails a denial of the reality of sin, and it also cuts off the possibility of being greater than we can imagine. It's a kind of human affirmation, which is maybe good, but it just, it's just nothing by comparison to what God has in mind. So that's, that's the danger. 
whoever exalts himself will be humbled. Whenever we are caught in our self-righteousness, self-congratulation, uh, or judgment of others, uh, put, we think we judge ourselves to be so much better than someone else, well, then we're falling into this trap, we're exalting ourselves. And then we have to be humbled. And because God is merciful, he will humble us. He'll humble us by drawing up before our eyes our own sinfulness or by stripping us of some capability or some possibilities, maybe by illness or by some kind of hardship. And we'll, we'll realize we're not as great as we think because we can't even deal with this or with that. We can't even change this. We have to experience our own weakness so that we come back to reality. But the reality is a beautiful thing. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing that God has such love for these miserable sinners that he will not only wash them clean, you know, make them white as snow, he will take the ugliness of sin on himself He'll take the place of the sinner, the punishment of, of sin. He'll take it all on himself for our sake. That's the, the, glory, the glorious message of the gospel. That's what we're headed toward as we get toward Holy Week. It's not just that God loves us, his sheep. He takes the place of the sheep so that the sheep can be glorified. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled. And we're, we're, we're submitting in Lent to the process of being humbled. But whoever humbles himself will be exalted. And that's what God wants for all of us.